Never quit a job, ever redefined yourself within one, never started something in one big or failed. Quit is a call-in show helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. Today, Friday, August 23rd, 2013. This is our 36th episode of this program called Quit here on 5x5.tv. Thanks for tuning in today. We're recording an hour early, about maybe an hour and a half hour, I don't know. We do what we want. Like Anthony Armendariz says, I do what I want. Right? Hattie Cook? This is your cue to say hi. Why can't I? Water went down the wrong pipe. Jeez. I had my stomp stomp pedal. Well, welcome back to the show, Hattie. Well, thanks for having me. There's a couple things that are freaking me out. You know, I'm going to tell. We make a mental, make a note mental for me to tell physical? a mental, physical note to tell Mark <laughs> to just let let me run the for the frequency and for this show. And for quit. That I just don't don't screw with my uh, audio intro with the uh, with the music. That I'm gonna I'm gonna run it from the board. Take a letter. Take a letter. So there's two things, Hattie, that are freaking me out today before we start the show. And oh by the way, this gosh. is I record the show live, and if you happen to be listening live, you can call in 512-518-5714. Again, Austin, 512-518-5714. Call in live, and you can be on the show, and I will try to help you. I have no qualifications other than uh, I've made every single possible mistake you can make. And if you want, you can leave a voicemail. If you can't call in, but you want your voice to be heard, 512-222-8141. Again, the voicemail number, 512-222-8141. And if you forget these things, you can just go to 5by5.tv slash quit slash 36. That'll have a couple of show notes that I put in there for you here. It will also have uh, the phone numbers and stuff if you want to call in. Get ready for next week. Oh, get ready. Get ready for next week. We already got a couple people on hold. Uh, but before this, Hattie, there's a couple things that are really, uh, really freaking me out. What are you typing over there? I'm typing to Mark Miles. Well, I was going to tell him. I got to tell him. You said make a mental note. We'll just take a letter. Oh, <clears throat> I came up with a nice law firm name for him. Oh, what is it? Mark Miles and Miles. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the things that are freaking me out. I need, I need, you got to, we got to play the back and forth thing. A couple things are freaking me out. What's Hattie. freaking you out, Dan? Well, the first thing that's freaking me out, thanks for asking, is this show, Homeland. Oh, my gosh. Great show, right? Oh. Great show. Wow. Okay. But. Maybe my favorite show. Whoa. Here's the thing. I love Carrie. Is Carrie not Christina Warren and you combine into one body? It freaks it me really, out every really time I watch is. this show. Anyway. There's no way to get season two right now. There's no human way. Because first of all, uh, Time Warner Cable and CBS are in some kind of war. So there's no Showtime. So you can't have Showtime anymore. You can't do on-demand Showtime anymore. The Showtime app over Time Warner Cable doesn't work. Uh, Nonsense. Can you get to it through the browser? No. Season two is not a yet out released. You can't get it on DVD. You can't Isn't get it, it like on Blu-ray. A week? You can't get it on iTunes. You can't get it on Amazon Instant. No you can't Hulu get Plus, it on Hulu no nothing. Plus nothing. 
Are you checking Hulu Plus? I'm right checking now? Hulu Plus because I wait a minute. Because I'll pay Homeland for that piece of crap right now. But I don't think two. that I don't think Instant. that Hulu Plus uh, that nothing. And this is really freaking me out. You can watch it on stream.tv.me. No, it's not. It's not true. <laughs> I know. I'm just it's kidding. not true. Oh, then there's those side reel things. Yeah, it's all. So do, am I Creepy. forced to download this thing illegally? No, I'm going to have to wait. But I'm really freaked out because we just found out. I mean, we just saw all this stuff and now we get we get to wait. Come she has on. Dark hair in the next film. I don't and know. It's strange. So that's the first thing. The second thing that's freaked me out is this, Hattie. Oh, look at it. I'm putting my arm the theater of the through mind. it. We have I paid twenty one hundred dollars. To have a the so where we've been recording for the last what six six months? It's like a room within a room, right? And it was a box. It was a shoe box, and it was very dark in here, and we were very isolated in here, which is fine if you're doing like a voiceover. But if if you have guests and other people coming in it and out of the to office, get sad. we want to have so what we this room. I wanted to convert it from this dark lair into something that was open. And so fun. I, I paid a lot of money to the one construction company we're allowed to use, who happens to be part of the building, to come in and rip out a four by eight hole in the wall that they then put a beautiful frame into, and they've now ordered a glass pan- panel for. Yeah. This so this so is great. now a legit but studio. We, we here. don't have a this the glass is full yet. on legit, but so yeah, it's just a big hole in the wall. But I'm but you know N- uh, Natalie and Anthony aren't here today, mm-hmm. so it's 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 quiet. It's quiet, but I I'm, what we do need the glass because soon. this is like feels like a real well, like, like I, I feel got the pressure a glass of water do. and I came around and I could wave at you yeah. while you're in the room. So what we're gonna start doing here is we're gonna every. Uh, every time I start doing the new show, which I can't talk about yet, uh, we'll come in and you know what? We'll open it up and we'll have a, a live studio audience who can come in and uh, and watch us record because you can I can see everything and see everything right through here. Everything. Remember Fraser Crane's uh, studio? It's like that. Fraser Crane's studio. So if you want to be on the show today, number to dial 512-518-5714. I'm also going to do some of your emails. Before all of that, I would like to uh, I would like to tell you about our first sponsor, and then I want to jump right in to talking about Steve Ballmer, who quit Microsoft. Which is, this is a big deal. We've all been hoping for this to happen for a long time. We all want this to happen. Everybody wants this to happen. Do do Anybody alive right now could run Microsoft better than... Oh, yeah. Do them in order, if that makes sense. Do what in order? The sponsors? In the order you put them in? Yeah. Do I need to refresh this? Nope. They're still in the order. Okay. First sponsor today, Squarespace. I love these folks. And they're working on right now. You know what they're forcing us to do? What? They forced us to build a portal so that they can- It's going to make everyone's lives better. Everybody. So now <laughs> if you're a sponsor of one they of these shows- They forced us to make everyone's lives better. And you want to sponsor a show, you go to 5by5.tv slash advertise. You can sponsor this and many of the other shows that you hear on the network. They forced us. And this is a good topic. This is actually a really good topic for after Balmer. The things that you do to make your bosses and your clients and your customers happy. And in this case, it winds up being a really good thing. That's something that we should have had all along. But we have a system now where a sponsor can log into our portal. They're going to see all the shows that they have sponsored for whatever time frame that they specify. 
Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to see them. They're going to be it right there on the list. Jumps th- to and, yeah, their and when spot. they hit play, they'll be able to hear just their just spot. their spot and how it fits in the show. So this is something they forced us to build, but this is a really great thing. It, you know what? It just took a little bit of pushing, and then we were like, "Yeah, we need this." I'm not expecting sound bites for the soundboard from Quit from you, but thank you for that. <laughs> Uh, but you know, but that's the thing. This is a really good, what are you willing to do to make your clients happy? What are you willing to do to make your customers happy? What are you willing to do to maintain the status quo to, to, you know, what extra work you do? We had to pay thousands of dollars to get this thing built. I can't, I don't have time to build stuff anymore. Yeah. Just to hire some people. What about that? We talked about that delegating. Talk about delegating and, and not doing the kind of work that you like to do. Building a system like this. So it's another good topic. This, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. They just jump right in and say, for a free trial, just go and try this out. Free trial. The next time that you want to... Hattie, your mom's building stuff with Squarespace now. Oh, yeah. And she just said that she uh, she's had a lot of progress with it, you know. Um, cause I think Even she's... Hattie's mom can use Squarespace. She's good at computers. But she, see, she you're told supposed me to say she, she sucks at computers and even a child could, could well, do yes. it. But she is actually good at she computers. She actually is good at computers. But, the, but she has no experience building websites, nothing yeah. like that. And she's having a great time and she's, you know, she picked a template that worked for her and uh, and she's she's working, she's moving away from her website that she paid a lot to have built and now she's building it all herself. That's because these yep. designs that they have that are built into the system are so much better than most of the sites and that are out And they're going to have the, the right thing for you. You know, that's like right. she found something that was, that's what she wanted her site, her photography site to look like. And now she has it and yeah. she got to do it all of her, all herself. There's so many ways to get your content into this. You can treat Squarespace just like a blog and that's fine. You can make it a, a company website for yourself and integrate news and posts and other things. You can set it up so that you can sell stuff with it. You can pick from their really amazing designs that they have, all of which are responsive. They're going to look great on every single device that's out there. They have amazing support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, built-in SEO. If you want to, you can use a gallery, their gallery function like Hattie's mom, to upload your images. And if you're a Dropbox user... It'll integrate with Dropbox and you can upload your images there from your phone, from your device, that from your Nexus 7 like I'm doing. And it'll make a gallery out of it in real time just as you upload them to Dropbox. It's so cool. There's a special code that you're going to want to use. Stooge8, S-T-O-O-G-E-8, over at Squarespace.com. Thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and quit. Steve Ballmer. Microsoft has just announced that CEO Steve Ballmer will be retiring. This is the thing. Within the next 12 months, he'll step down from his post as soon as the process of choosing a successor has been completed. He wrote an open email to the Microsoft team explaining this decision and what his strategy for moving forward is. There's an official Microsoft press release that we have in the show notes. Again, those can be found at 5x5.tv slash Quit slash 36. And here is the quote from the press release from Redmond, Washington. Microsoft Corporation today announced that Chief Executive Officer Steve Ballmer has decided to retire as CEO within the next 12 months. They are going to be picking somebody. And here's his quote. Quote, there is never a perfect time for this type of transition, but now is the right time. 
Balmer said, we have embarked on a new strategy with a new organization and we have an amazing senior leadership team. My original thoughts on timing would have had my retirement happen in the middle of our company's transformation to a devices and services company. We need a CEO who will be here longer term for this new direction. They have a special committee that will direct the process. The board is committed to the effective transformation of Microsoft to a successful devices and services company, Thompson, who is one of these people on this board, said. As this work continues, we're focusing on selecting a new CEO to work with the company's senior leadership team to chart the company's course and execute it on a highly competitive industry. Okay. Let's talk about this for a second because this is, this is very interesting to me. This says one of several possible things. The first thing that this could say, well, first of all, he's quitting, which is great. Where's the bell? He quit. He gets Steve a quit. Ballmer. Let's, can we please send him a quit Let's sticker? Let's send him a quit sticker. Oh my and gosh, I, I'm going to say Dan now. is worried about him, but uh, we'll definitely send him a quit sticker. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about him. I would be. No, he's all right. Hattie's worried about you. Here's the thing. And, and this isn't going to be a show about technology and, and the industry. There's enough shows here and elsewhere to talk about that. But what's interesting is the way that they're saying this and what I read from this statement is that they are going to be turning Microsoft into a devices and services company. A devices and services company. As opposed to a software company. Microsoft. Software. Software is now moving into a supportive role for them. Software will be to support their devices. Software will be to support their services. So they're kind of going somewhere between IBM and Apple, I guess. But Apple's software has always been to support their devices and to support, I mean, Apple's never really been big in the services space or I would say never been super successful in that space. I've worked with them. So that's kind of the reason it sounds like, oh, well, we got to get rid of Balmer because he doesn't know anything about this. Is that, is that what I'm supposed to take away from this? That, 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 my, that he's leaving so that the company can transition or because he doesn't want to be part of the transition or because he's not qualified to lead the transition? I don't know. But it's interesting, right? I don't know. It just, it strikes me as weird. You know, just having seen this Jobs movie, which I talked about uh, on uh, Amplified, in which we will be releasing as a special episode of At The Movies, you, you see the story of Steve Jobs, who is ousted from Apple. And you know what? They were probably right to oust him. Because ousting him led him to start next. And next although it was not the most successful company in the world. Next turned him from a guy with tons of really great ideas into one of the best thinkers and leaders and innovators and business people that uh, the world has ever seen. So essentially being fired was the thing that helped initiate that transformation and starting up next and having that not necessarily be super successful is why we have 
the company that we have today in Apple. You know, um, we wouldn't have Apple if Steve Jobs hadn't been ousted from Apple and started Next. And bringing Next in and the technology that he innovated with Next was one of the best things for Apple and for us. So the point that I'm trying to make here is when a company fires you or lets you go or when you leave, that's usually the start of something, not the end of something, if you look at it that way. Josh Miller in the chat room says, but honestly, what is Balmer going to start? I, I think Balmer's done. I think Balmer is done. I don't think he will be doing anything else. I don't think he will be going anywhere else. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel like people look to Steve Ballmer as the, the head of Microsoft the way they look to Bill Gates as the head of Microsoft. I don't feel like people, I'm not saying Steve Ballmer doesn't have skills either. I've never met him. I know he's said a lot of really silly things along the way. But I just don't think Steve Ballmer is somebody like if let, let's 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 make believe Steve Jobs had not gotten sick and had not passed away. I wonder if he would have stayed on at Apple and for how long he would have spent leading that company. I would have to guess he would have kept doing it as long as he was physically able to do it. That's my guess. It's interesting when you see somebody who is the head of something retire or step down or do something different. Now look at Bill Gates. He stepped down. I don't know how many years ago it was that he stepped down chat room. Tell me if you know, we have a live chat room that you can join while you listen to the show by going to five by five TV slash live. I don't know how many years ago it was that, uh, that Bill Gates stepped down, but when he stepped down, he sort of stayed involved on, you know, on the board and he started doing, uh, you know, he, the charity work really, and he's done tremendous work in charity. But I wonder, I wonder if, like, here's a fair question. Tell me if this is an unfair question. Oh, who really cares what Steve Ballmer is going to do now? I don't care. If Tim Cook stepped down right now from Apple, I would care what he was doing. Is that because I'm Apple centric? No, it's not. But, but I think that he's an interesting person to watch. If Larry Page stepped down from Google, I would want to know. If Sergey Brin stepped down from Google, I would be interested to see what they're... I just don't care what Steve Ballmer's going to do. Sorry. I really don't care. It's just not that interesting. If Marissa Mayer stepped down, I'd be interested. See what she's going to do. Mark Zuckerberg retired from Facebook? Yeah, I want to know what he's doing next. Even though he wears those hoodies. I don't really care. Holy cow in the chat room says Gates stepped down as chief executive officer of Microsoft in January of 2000. But what is it about leaders of a company that define the company, not just, not just in our perception, but in the, the, the soul of the company. And this is what people keep saying about, Apple without Steve Jobs. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's an issue. I think he's left a legacy. I think the company will continue to be great. But when he was there and when Apple was in its heyday, thinking about this from this movie again, 
mean, he, he was the company. Can anyone think of Virgin without Richard Branson? Jumping out of airplanes and crazy stuff? Like that, that sets the tone for the company. What tone has Balmer set for the company? Microsoft, not, a, not, not one anyone wants to talk about or remember. Look at Microsoft now, floundering. Floundering. I just think it's, you know, Bill Gates set a tone. Bill Gates is the Uber geek. And he set the tone for that company for years. And I still think of Bill Gates when I, when I think of uh, Microsoft. And if you're thinking about starting your company, is, is it mandatory that you be that kind of person? Is it mandatory that you be a Steve Jobs? Is it mandatory that you be a Richard Branson? I mean, I, I would say it's probably not mandatory, but how many companies out there, big companies, don't have some kind of founder figurehead in place that people can associate with. I think companies that have that do better. I think that companies that have a personality do better. Because, it, you know, again, I'll point at Donald Trump. You like him or not, you know who he is. You know? There's a really interesting story. I'm trying to find it so I don't mess the story up. Uh, about how Richard Branson actually started Virgin. And the way that I've heard this story is that he was he was in some kind of an airport. He had one plane. And I want to make sure I tell this right, and I think I found the link for it. Richard Branson started Virgin Atlantic in 1984 with one plane. And apparently he was at, he was, he had this one plane. I don't know if he bought it or he released it or rented it or something. And he made a little sign and he walked around this airport that he was in and he saw that, that I guess some flight, tell me if this is wrong chat room, but he got somehow this, it was canceled and uh, a flight got canceled. And he said, well, you know what? I'm going to make a sign. He put up a sign and he sold tickets for like a hundred bucks and he loaded up the plane and he flew the people from there with their canceled flight to where that was how he started his airline. One pilot, one plane and a, and a sign that he walked around with and took people's money and flew them after their flight got canceled or something like that. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's right. I'll look it up for the next show. But that kind of attitude, that kind of mentality, the fact that he had this personality to go and do it, the fact that Steve Jobs saw the potential for the personal computer when everyone was saying nobody wants a personal computer. Nobody will want a personal computer. Nobody wants this in their house. You know, it's that ability to see something and innovate that I think is mandatory to have a successful company. To be able to identify that something is missing. You know, Hattie, I don't know if I've ever really told the story of why I started 5 by 5 Not how I started it. But why? But really why. And maybe that's interesting to people. I think people would like to hear that. I'd like to hear that. Well, you know it, but thank you. When I started, when I was starting this, I was, okay, so I've already told this story before, is that I was CTO of a technology company. I was miserable. 
I was responsible for every single aspect of technology in the company. When something got wrong, I got yelled at and I didn't like that. And it was incredibly stressful. And I was working 24 seven on very stressful things, doing support for customers and support for my employees. And, uh, it was very, 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 very stressful. So I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore. So I stopped, quit. And wasn't really sure what I was going to do next. I would have been in my own camp of, I would be right between my own camp of worried and not worried. I had enough money that I was all right for a while. Not a long time, but you know, I was okay. But I didn't know what I was going to do next, but I knew I could find a job. But then I had, you know, this uh, family to support, mouths to feed. So that was the maybe not okay part. But I was right in a square in the middle, Hattie. And so what I did is I said, well, I was already doing these podcasts and I'd already been making a little bit of money doing these podcasts, selling sponsors to do them. And then I read that article later about Leo Laporte and what he had done with Twit making some money. And I thought, well, if he can make a couple million bucks a year revenue, I can, I can do enough to pay my mortgage. But that wasn't the original idea that I had. My original idea was to do the shows that I was doing. And yeah, I did want to create a platform for other folks to be able to, to, to do their shows, but I didn't necessarily envision it as a podcasting network at the time. The way that I envisioned it initially was something more like as an ad network, Similar, if you will, to the way that the DEC network with uh, the Jim Kudal started, the way that the DEC network is a very specialized and really great ad network for very special websites. I thought, you know, I, I think there's space for that in the podcasting world. That I could use the, the business experience and connections that I have to sell ads for myself as well as other people. But here's what I ran into. Nobody liked this idea except me. Well, Jim Kudal said, when I told him about the idea, he said, yeah, go, you should totally do that. But other than him, nobody really liked the idea. I'll tell you why. At the time, the podcast industry, which I still like to call internet radio because that's what I think of it as. I don't do podcasts. I do internet radio shows. Advertisers thought podcasts were mostly crap. Again, two guys with headsets on at 2 a.m. talking about Star Trek. That's what they thought it was. Because really, that's what most of it was. Most of it, 99% of it. Still a lot of it's like that. And the second reason is that's what listeners expected too. And the third thing is that's what podcasters thought it was. So when I went to my friends who were doing podcasts and I said, hey, let me sell ads in your... Well, I don't really know about ads. I'm not sure if I want ads on my show. We just talk about Star Trek. Who would want to pay for that? And then I'd sell out. I don't want to sell out. These are the same people who today wish that they had ads or have begun selling them for themselves. I'm a point, you know, it's nobody I've ever done a podcast with. Let me put it that way. Other people. And I realized that what I had to do is I had to educate the listeners. And I had, to, I had to educate the listeners. I had to educate the advertisers and I had to educate other podcasters. And how? I had to educate listeners that they should expect high quality entertainment 
high quality both in the sense of audio quality. It should sound as good or better than what they would hear on their local NPR uh, and national NPR stations. It had to sound like that or better. I had to educate them that the content could be very, very, very good, which they knew it was possible, but it had to be consistently good. Number two, I had to, I had to educate advertisers that not only was podcasting and internet radio a viable way for them to get their product out there, their service out there, but that it would be better than advertising on the web. And Hattie, I think you know from doing sales, I mean, Hattie's the account manager here, that that's true. Oh, yeah. We hear from our sponsors consistently that podcasts, internet radio, ours anyway, are a better way to get their message out there than, sorry, Jim, it's better than advertising on the web. Yeah. I think people nowadays, just with web ab, web, web ads, I feel like your eye kind of, or I find myself, or my eye, my eyes doing this too. When I look at a page and I see, you know, side ads or, you know, banners and stuff, my eyes kind of cancel those out and focus on what's, you know, like I, I don't really notice them as much anymore. Well, that, that's what I hear from a lot of people all the but time. But listening to them... Well, here, you notice here's and you why. like them and it's the people that you love talking about them. You like listening to these shows, I'm assuming, because you're listening to it. The people that you're listening to doing the shows, you get to know them. I've been a fan of talk radio my whole life and so many, many years during my commutes, during work, even in, in high school. The people that I would hear doing shows consistently day after day after day. They became, even though I knew they didn't know me, I knew them and they were my friends. And I felt like I was part of that little club of people that were hanging out there, not only doing the shows, the people that I didn't know, but my friends who did listen to the show. We could talk about it. I was in a cool club. So hearing the voice of somebody that you trust telling you about a product or service that they legitimately like, and that's the only kinds of sponsors we work with. You should see the sponsors Hattie says no to and sends away. (laughs) We get a lot of those. And we only pick the best ones. We only pick ones that we would use. We only pick ones that we would like. So selling to those sponsors, the shows that we're making that are good, that's, the, that's what we had to educate them, that they're going to get a better return on their investment. That they, and so all of this education. And three, I had to educate podcasters that you can do a show that's going to make you money and why not? Why not make money for doing something that's fun? Why not make money for doing something that you enjoy doing? It's not selling out. It's justifying that time that you're spending. And if you have a really good sponsor that your listeners like Squarespace, like Bill Books, that your your listeners are actually maybe going to find useful and you're talking about you're talking about 2 minutes of advertisements for every 20, 30 minutes of content, try listening to the radio for 20 minutes. Try watching TV for 20 minutes. See how many, try driving down the highway and seeing how many, how many advertisements you see in 20 minutes going 65 miles an hour. That's a really good ratio. So we had to teach podcasters that this was okay. And how could I teach these three 
groups of people some. How could I teach them that, Hattie? Mm, how? By starting a really good network that did exactly that. So I took the shows that I was already doing, and there was three of them maybe four, and I created a few new ones, and I started up this network called 5 by 5 and I brought all my friends that were interested in it, and I started showing everybody, and I'm not the only, I was not the only, I'm not trying to take credit for this as, uh, alone. I was not the only person that was doing this. Tons and tons of other great podcasts started before, during, and, and, and have since the time that I was doing it. But I, I hope that I can include myself in a group of, of people who were making this change. And if you were following podcasts since, you know, late 2000s, like 2008, 2009, you saw a, a complete change in that industry. I was one of many people doing really great, you know, who, who are doing really great work. And I hope we're doing great work. And I think that education, I was not alone in that by any stretch of the imagination, but I was part of that education. And now it's just, of course, you're going to hear, you're going to hear spots in good shows. Of course, because it's an industry now. Behind the scenes, I was building up an ad agency and an ad network. And now we sell for plenty of shows outside of 5x5. We sell for all the shows on 5x5 and plenty that are outside of 5x5 and other networks. You don't even know we're doing it. We're doing it behind the scenes. That's why Hattie doesn't get to sleep anymore. Yep, no sleep for me. Just email. But you have to create, you have to be tuned into what has to happen for your idea to be successful. Because just, you know, there's so many times I hear people saying, well, it's just not the right time for this idea. That's smart. That's good. It's good if you can identify that things are not timed the right way. But what else can you do? I wanted to start an ad agency, an ad network for internet radio. Well, I did, but I had to do other things to get to that point. And the other things that I did are things that I love. I, wanted, I was going to be doing shows either way. But how can you do something that you love? How can you do something that you think is great and make money doing it? You're just going to have to chart your own course and, and make a path. All right, I want to take a couple calls here. I want to talk about any of this stuff, or if you have your own ideas for topics, you can do it. Area code 206. Where, who is this, and where are you calling from? This is Virginia in Seattle. Oh, Virginia. Are you, are you coming back yeah, from, are you, you returning to life? Is that what this is? For people who kind don't know of. what Virginia is, listen. Virginia was, I think, one of my, first of all, Anytime I have a, a, a female listener, this is valuable because there's my audience is, is a bunch of geeks, guy geeks. And I, I want I want a 50. You know what? There's is it 51 Virginia or 52 percent of the population? that's female. It's a lot of us. I it, think it's I think uh, 74. No, I'm no it's, it's not that 50. much. <laughs> that should be my audience breakdown. I want a completely even, I want 50-50 mix. And I think it's like one woman to 3,000 guys listening to these shows. So when I ha find out that I have a woman listener, I want to say, what can I do better that would bring, you know, bring a more even split to this audience? So Honestly, Vir Virginia, you- a different show topic. It is, I know, but Virginia <laughs> showed up 
as a woman listener, and she was one of the first people to call into the show. She listens to the show. She has a, a, a you know business idea. We talked about it. You're like you were like the the poster child for quit. You were the poster child, and then all of a sudden, I like to think I still am. Well, the, <laughs> you would be, except you stop you stop calling in. I'm here today, Dan. All I'm right. here and I'm ready. Okay. So you're back. I'm and ready you've, to continue quitting. You've had some interesting challenges that we can or cannot talk about. Yours, by the way, was the email right here when I said we might have to do an email show if I don't get calls because I'm doing it at a weird time. Right here, you sent me an email on August 9th at 6.33 p.m. that I have ready to load up and read. But now I feel like maybe I don't have to read it. I can get your voice. I can find out what's going on with you. You can indeed, and you can find out that much more because, you know, it's, it's updated, it's live, it's right. real time. So what's going on? Well, um, the whole month of August has been kind of consumed by sudden frustrating health issues. I was in the ER twice, and you guys don't need to worry. I'm okay. But um, it's just a pain in the butt um, because I was knocked on my butt in this way that I haven't been since I quit my job. And I'll tell you, it sure is different taking sick time when you were the only person running the ship. So first of all, you don't have to say what's wrong with you because that's private, but I'm getting the impression from what you're saying that, you know, that was serious enough that you were not able to, you were not able to work. You were not able to do any of the things that you would normally want to do, including, and for people who haven't been listening to this show forever, um, you, you are, have started your own business and this is the kind of business that it's not, it's not like you're, you're selling t-shirts or something. You're talking to people, you're talking with people and you're doing the whole thing pretty much by yourself. And all of a sudden now you're unable to do the work. You're physically unable to do the work. Kind of, yeah. I mean, what, what it is, so I was in the hospital for something that wasn't that big of a deal, but it hurt. It's like, it's like I'm recovering from a surgery. And I've right. been on painkillers this time around, which has been nice because that makes it less miserable. But they just leave me so, like, oh, my God, I don't feel like a competent representative of my own business prowess when I'm on Vicodin. Like, I don't feel like I can... I don't have that mental acuity to sort of keep up on client communication, marketing stuff, outreach. Like I haven't been recording my podcast. It's like you almost, when you're on these stupid opiate drugs, like you just kind of can't be bothered to do anything beyond the bare minimum. So I've barely been blogging. My clients have been good to me. The few people that did reach out to me, you know, I wasn't doing any really reaching out during this whole time, but the people who reached out to me, I set up clients with, they were fine if I like, you know, I'm Skyping with them from bed instead of my usual office. But like, it's like, I'm just hanging on by a thread. I'm just doing the bare minimum to keep things chugging. And that is eye opening because this wasn't even that major. Like, what if I had, what if I had a new baby? Like, like we're sort of planning. What if I had something that was, or what if I had a much more serious illness? Like right. it would be so hard for me to keep this ship running. And that it's just been eye-opening in a way because um, it freaks me out. I care a lot about having this business. It's been something I've been nursing since 2005, but I've only been nursing it as my full-time thing since January. And it was, like, emotionally scary how disconnected I suddenly felt from its livelihood, you mm. know? Yeah, I mean, and that's scary, too. 
It is. It's not. I mean, I remember the week that you had the plague, you know, and you couldn't podcast. Your voice was all crazy. It probably drove you crazy, too. And it's like you're so sick that you don't even really care. Like, that's the only time that you would be out in that way. But it's such a it's a kick to the gut, you know, and at least you have Hattie. But I, I don't got a Hattie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it was, you know, I, I was not hospitalized. I probably, I almost, I did almost die, but I, I remember. Yeah. But it, just being in a situation where, and this is the other thing, like if you've ever had like an injury, like you hurt your back or you know, my friend Garrett Diamond, who is a designer uh, and developer of Sifter, he had, um, I guess a ankle injury from playing basketball and minorly, you know, in a, in a minor way, injuring his ankle repeatedly to the point where uh, I guess it was so bad that he needed some kind of ankle surgery. And he went in there and, uh, and I guess, uh, okay, so here's what he wrote a post about it called unplanned downtime. And he went in for surgery and there was a complication with the surgery. And this led to tons and tons and tons of other issues that kept him from being, he was in constant pain and kept him out of being able to do any kind of work for weeks. And I think it's been like six weeks or something. And, you know, he's, it, 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 when, when you're doing something and it's just you, or when you're in charge of something that relies on you for its day-to-day success, wow, you can't do it. You can't do the work. I mean, so how have you been dealing with it? How have you been have you been handling it and coping it? Coping with it? Well, I'm I'm trying to be uh more pragmatic than comes naturally to me. Um when we first started talking about this, when I first called, you had really clear guidelines about sort of what works for your vision, like you have to be making this much by this month and that was never really how I wanted to approach this, largely because I felt like I was so traumatized by my experience working way too hard in big tech for, you know, such a stressful environment. Like, I kind of wanted to take an easy pace with this business. I wanted to have time to just take a day off and go, like, ride horses with my friend in the middle of the week if I felt like it. We have a lot of stuff we're trying to fix up around this house that we bought and, like, having time to, you know, have a contractor come put in windows. You know, I wanted to have really flexible downtime. But I realized while I've been stuck in bed, like drug addled and soft in the brain, mm-hmm. I realized how much of a toll my working and working not that hard has taken on our savings. So I think what I'm going to do, this is my new plan, Dan. Obviously, I'm going to keep working on the business. I'm going to keep chugging things along. I think I'm going to give it to the end of this calendar year to see if I feel like I can get to a point where I have hope of sustainability. And if I don't, I think I'm going to go back to taking the occasional software contract, but I'm going to do it at the other more broken, higher paying big tech company in my area. And I'm going to take much more uh, high end positions that give you a lot of money, even though there's a longer commute. And I'm just going to do it with a completely different attitude than before, which is like, I'm going to revel in it being a short term contract instead of taking that contract when what I really wanted was the full-time, long-term, high-power thing. Like, no, I just want easy money that I can leave to go back to the thing that I care about in a heartbeat. That's a, I've never done contract work with that 
as my mindset. And I'm looking forward to doing contract work genuinely as a contractor this time around. And I think I have friends who are going to hire me to just do whatever. And it's like, that is the smart choice financially to build a little bit back up after like hospital bills and just not busting out the income that I was hoping for. And I know that I can keep doing things on the side. Um, Some of these software companies have like anti-moonlighting laws, but nobody cares if, if I do what I do. It's not like I'm writing or open source code. Like I'm Skyping with people and telling them how to stop being chronically single. Nobody cares if, <laughs> if I right. do that in my spare time, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to get fired. Like, like I'm not going to get balmered. <laughs> I'll be fine. Well, that's, I mean, that's good to hear. And all of this you have, and, and this is what I'm hearing, regardless of the details of what you're saying to me, what I'm hearing is a very positive attitude. And that's something that it, it's, it's very, very hard to learn that if, you know, your attitude is like, yeah, here are the things that I'm doing to make stuff better. Not, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. You know, you're very, you're thinking ahead, you're being positive. And, and that's the thing I hope people take away from listening to Virginia talk. And that's something that, again, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes too, um, that a lot of the time you think that, you know, in your case, Virginia, I think it's actually true. But you think that when you start a business, if you have a product or a service or something, you think that that company can't survive a day without me. Well, that's that's just not true. I was out. Hattie, how long was I out when I was uh, when I almost died? It was like two weeks, like two weeks. Yeah, like one week. A long time in your schedule. You guys produce fast. And well, and I don't take vacations. I've I haven't taken a vacation. I mean, I, I was forced to take one. Uh, where I missed two days of work. I was forced to take one a few weeks ago and I I hated it. I mean, I liked what I was doing, but I hated being away. But, you know, Garrett writes in here, he says, he says, um, for the last five weeks, though, no matter how badly I've wanted to work, I simply haven't been physically capable of much more than reading and writing emails. Fortunately, I was able to accept that in order to focus on recovering, what caught me off guard was the fact that in the last six months, Sifter's strongest period of sustained growth was during this five-week period where I wasn't working. Sifter survived, thrived even. It doesn't need me to constantly obsess over it in order to succeed. Of course, I need to improve Sifter, but I'm already doing that. When I'm not doing it, I don't need to be worrying about it. And that's, that's the part. Take Virginia's uh, positive outlook and combine that with the fact that, you know what, maybe you don't have to obsess and worry. Maybe your company, when I was gone, Hattie pretty much ran this place. And that just shows you the important of having, importance of having somebody, whether it's a business partner or hiring people who are smarter than you, like I'm doing, you know, hiring people who are, who are as dedicated to their jobs, I'm not saying that they're going to ever have the same perspective that you have as a founder of a business, but having people who care is so important because you never know, Virginia, when you're going to get sick or when you're going to get hurt or when something's going to happen. It's true. And, you know, um, I, so I, I don't think I'm going to get to a point where I can hire a Hattie, where I can hire somebody. That okay. I why not? Why? I don't, First well, of all, there's only, there's the only thing. one, maybe, there's, maybe eventually. there's only one way to think about this. You have to think that you will be able to, why wouldn't you be able to? You're self-limiting. It's true. And maybe, maybe that's, that's, so there's my pessimism revealing itself, right? Like it's subtle, but it's in there. <laughs> so I could see building to that, but 
something that is my, I guess, my more immediate homework that you've been encouraging me to do, that the tech world has been encouraging me to do, that I've been a little bit remiss on. There is so much about what I do that I could automate better. I could automate my um, client sort of check-in and feedback and, like, niggling people for, like, testimonials and follow-ups and, you know, sending outreach for referrals and um, even just booking appointments. Like, there's so much tech that helps me automate the sheer logistics of getting something paid up and scheduled, and I haven't spent enough time, like, overcoming the hurdles of fiddling with this or that plug-in and making it work right. And, you know, um, I, I need to work on that. And I also, realistically, if I had made more progress earlier in the year with all of the sustainable income products I've been trying to work on, like books, like videos that are downloadable and paid, then I would be stressed out less when I was out for a month because there would be this passive income stream or two or three that I haven't been good enough at building out um, so far. Like, I know that I've been slacking on that. And so it's something that now it's opened my eyes more than ever to just kind of looking at where I need to spend my time, even if it's not the fun stuff, not the, like, personal creative stuff that comes naturally to me. Like, I need to spend some real energy working on that. And, oh, I hired a graphic designer. I hired Zozo. She's helping me um, build out so some So, C.U.R., you you're already doing, you're doing the stuff you're saying you can't do. Dan, you're connecting people. I know, I know. Like, I'm, so you, you can tell, Dan, like, I'm an innately optimistic person. I do have this pessimist built in. I do have these limits, but I'm learning to overcome them. And I have to say, like, to your point about me being positive about all this, that's mostly innate. Like I am a positive person, but I also know that that can be learned. I've taught it to clients and I've taught it to myself over the years. And yes, I'm a genuinely like regularly happy person. I don't tend to be like depressive and in a slump at how I look at things, but like when things do get me down, I'm pretty good at using the pragmatic build things back up. And I think that's what everyone who's stressed out and dying to quit needs to remember. I mean, you and Merlin are so good at talking about this. Like there are very specific steps that you then need to take to alleviate the problem that's causing you all this stress and emotional trauma, you know? Right. No, I mean, I think it's... Anyway, your show. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take over. <laughs> no, I mean, just, you're welcome to anytime. I think this is, you know, it, it's an interesting perspective and it's, it, it's, it's one that's hard to uh, put your finger on this until you've been through it. Like I, I've talked about that. Man, we get a lot of calls. I, I've talked about this before when I had this. Uh, I got like, um, well, they it, it's after you have heartburn for a while. This is back, you know, eight or nine years ago. We, they call it gastroesophageal reflux disease, and they give a name for it. And it's not just heartburn when it's ongoing, and it was from it was from stress. And I didn't know how to handle the stress. I didn't know. And you're like, your body is starting to like burn itself up from the inside out. That's a wake up call. Now, I'm not sure what went on with, with you, Virginia. I don't know if it was like that. But there are so many stress related diseases out there that come from not having the right attitude of not taking a break of thinking. that. And in some cases, maybe you're right. Maybe your company can't survive without you. You know, so that's something to think about. It's something to to be aware of. But, you know, I don't I don't take a lot of vacations, number one, because I have a lot of stuff to do. But number two, because this doesn't always feel like work for me. I really like it. And I'm super yeah. lucky in that I've finally been able to figure out something that I actually like to do. 
But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Virginia, why you're going to like this segue. One of the reasons why is because I, I've hired people and found services that help me do the stuff that I don't like to do. And those people or services are, enjoy it and, and are good at it. Can I transition right into a sponsor? Do it. Okay. I mean, it's your show. Uh, let me tell you about uh, We've got a brand new sponsor. I want to make these folks happy. Billbooks.com. And, you know, we're talking about, I'm talking about stuff at all. People see invoicing as a chore. And you know what? Let's be honest. It's, it, is, it does suck. It is a chore. Not only for companies, but for entrepreneurs. You know, you guys, the people listening to this show right now. Creative, hardworking people. You need an easier way to invoice so that you can spend time doing the stuff that makes you money, doing the stuff that you like to do. And BillBooks is the answer for this. They have what you call, what they call it, pay-as-you-go. You've heard of that term? Flexible pay-as-you-go payment options. Instead of a flat monthly fee. So you can invoice when you need to. You invoice on your own schedule. There's no charge for the number of clients you have. You only pay for the invoices you need. This is the frustrating thing with a lot of the other folks out there. They're going to say, oh, you want to add more than five customers? Well, guess what? You're going to have to upgrade tonight. They don't do that. You only pay for the invoices that you need. And they've made the invoices highly customizable. For instance, you can configure invoice and estimate columns according to your industry. You do whatever you want. They have an insanely clean interface. They've got keyboard shortcuts. You can get an invoice out and marked as paid instantly. They've got import and export options in tons of different formats. So if you're worried about security, you don't have to worry. Top of the line security, keeping the invoices safe behind the scenes. And your first three invoices are free. And after that, you just pay for what you need when you need more invoices. Bundles of invoices start at just 30 cents. Special URL to go to billbooks.com slash Dan sent me. You don't need a credit card. You don't have to sign up for a monthly contract. First three invoices are free so you can try it out. But you have to go to the special URL to get it. Billbooks.com slash Dan sent me. It's clean invoicing. So I'll put that. I'll update dansent.me, which is the uh, website that I have with all these good promo codes in it for listeners billbooks.com slash Dan sent me. Thanks very much to these guys. Make these guys happy. They sponsored the show, jackals. All right, listen, Virginia, I want you to come out here to Austin and prove to me you're all right. I'm going to do it. I will I will book tickets if I can come do a studio day like like Alex and uh, all the other cool folks you've had on. Now, I'm not a designer. I'm not a developer. Is that okay? Can we still hang out? Yeah, I'll we can hang paleo. out. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll take it all the barbecue I'm, I'm joints. Sure. Okay, well, my best friend from college lives in Austin, so I just might come visit you. But if you're going to go to XOXO's Fest, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stalk you in Portland, too. So. Oh, yeah, we're already booked. Are you going to that? They didn't accept me, I don't think. I never heard back from them, so I don't know if I'm going or not. But, well, by um, now, my you, other friend you lives would in know. Portland. So you're not Portland's going. Like, you know, that's like a, that's a half-hour commute. It's no big deal. So. Okay, well, definitely come out You can you, and drive, so that way I don't have to worry about getting a cab. <laughs> there we go. I'll be your Portland chauffeur for the weekend. Perfect. All right. hire me. This Take is great. That money. This is great. I'm going to count on it. All right, Virginia. Well, best of luck. I hope you uh, continue to get better, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Take care, Dan. All right. Bye. bye. I like her. I'll tell you what. I'll do three more calls, and then we're going to wrap. Okay, Hattie? Because I Deal. heard your phone go I, off. I know. It's, it was one fifteen five minutes ago. <sighs> I know.
Area code 781. 781, on hold for hey. an hour. Hey. Hey, Dan. Yeah, this is Jeff in Boston. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. What's uh, what's the situation with you? I am uh, Kev Rennie, a son's older brother, who uh, uh, we just uh, communicated on uh, on Twitter earlier this week. So I told you I was going to call in, and uh, here I am. All right. Well, what's what's the story for people who don't follow the two of us on Twitter? What's going on? Sure, sure. Well, uh, uh, I just quit on uh, Monday. Yeah. All right. Tell me why. What happened? Why did you get out of there? And uh, what do you, what do you do? See, I, that's the real bell. That's the real bell. I have the I have the fake bell. Hold on, I can play you the fake one. See, but that's the fake one. But I don't care. It doesn't matter. You got two bells. So what's where where did you quit and what are you doing now? And do I need to worry about you? Well, I, I, I want to start. I think that uh, if I had called in prior to quitting, you probably would have been worried about me. Okay. Um, that's why I kind of waited until uh, till after. <laughs> okay. Um, I, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm probably the typical. Uh, 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 I'm 34, you know, and I, I have all the responsibilities that come along with uh, a typical 34-year-old. So I have, you know, a wife, uh, uh, three children, and uh, all the other stuff that uh, that comes along with that. So I, would, uh, I have probably an average amount of debt for for someone my age. So um, what, did, the, what do you wait a minute? What, do you, that's, what tell me more detail? But nobody knows who you are. Tell me more detail about that. What does that mean? <laughs> sure. So. Um, I just, I, you know, we have a, a couple of cars. We haven't bought a house yet, so I guess that's probably the only really big thing. But, okay. um, you know, we have uh, uh, a, a decent amount of, uh, of debt. Well, actually, the most amount of debt that we have was associated with uh, moving uh, internationally over the past uh, two years. We moved back to the United States. I was working remotely in Brazil for three years, and uh, it's fairly expensive to move a family of five plus a dog um, from one country to another. Oh, yeah. So we're just kind of getting, <laughs> we're just kind of getting settled here. And uh, finally got around to uh, really taking a look at my job uh, situation and uh, came to the, uh, the moment where I was ready to actually make the switch. So, you know, I think uh, I was uh, really, when you, you talk about the, the corporate stooge uh, type job, uh, I believe that the position that I'm leaving now is uh, fairly corporate stoogey. Um, you know, I can give you a few qualifiers, and you can let me know what you think. So, <laughs> all right, uh, I drive. <laughs> I drive uh, forty-five minutes to an hour. Uh, I wear a tie. I am one of two guys in the company of about one hundred and fifty people who know what I do, um, and with a lot of things, probably the only one who knows what I do. Um, so, as far as the cor- corporate stooginess, I think. Uh, it is uh, uh, fairly qualified. Um, the position that I'm going to is kind of a, uh, a, a 180 uh, in that uh, it's a much smaller company. It is a uh, it's a startup. It's uh, uh, much closer to uh, to where I live, so I'm, I'm basically eliminating my my commute. Uh, I'm going to be working with uh, technologies that I love, so I'm really going to to love my job. I'm going to be working with a great team of great small team of designers and, and developers. Um, and I'm going to get paid more to do it too. So, well, th- this sounds like a dream come true kind of transition for you. So I'm very happy to, to hear about it. How was it that you were able to, uh, to, to find this place and make it, you know, something that, that you could go to from a place where you were unhappy? I mean, how, you know, what, how right. did you do it? How did you find it? You know? Well, well, I, I, I actually, uh, 
I did a few things. I, I set up uh, alerts for different keywords and then uh, based come off of different job boards that uh, I thought I might be able to find a job on. Um, that's not actually how I ended up finding it. Uh, the job I actually uh, uh, I get a decent amount of uh, people uh, requesting that I contact them uh, off of LinkedIn. I'm sure anybody who's in tech probably gets uh, a decent amount of, uh, of requests that way. Right. And uh, uh, I followed up with uh, with one guy. It was the first time I'd ever actually contacted anybody who uh, had tried to just solicit <laughs> my services on uh, on LinkedIn. And uh, he found a better match for me than uh, uh, anything I had found for myself within, I don't know, a week. Um, wow. But I guess, you know, when when, when your job is <laughs> going around on LinkedIn uh, trying to find people who uh, are potentially unhappy with their current situation and then matching them up with uh, jobs that are a much better fit than what they can maybe have the time to, to look for themselves, um, uh, you know, you're, you're bound to, to come up with a, with a better match. So, um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a perfect fit for me now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really exciting. I've been listening to the show since... Uh, the first episode, uh, so it took me 35 episodes to, to get uh, <laughs> You know, the, there, there's the probably... The balls, I guess. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, this is something that it's it's important to mention is, you know, it, it sounds to me anyway, like the way that you went about it was you had a list of things that were important to you. So that when you were thinking right. about where am I going to go next, it wasn't just, I got to get out of this place, which, by the way, you right. would have been justified to feel, I think. It wasn't just, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. It was, I want to go and find something that's right. I want to figure out the thing because you do have some debt. You do have to plan what you're going to do next. You know, you have bills. And how long were you, just say again, how long were you there from the time that you said, I I know now that I need to make a change to how long did it take you to find? Now, it's probably been about six months since I really decided, like, hey, this is this is really not working for me, and uh, I really need to to find something else that, uh, you know, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm feel that I'm ready, um, and I, I think that I could have the high potential of finding something that is a lot better fit uh, for me. Um, I had been at the, the previous position for almost six years now. Okay. Um, so in the in the tech field, that's it's a uh, long. That's forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a lifetime. Well, I, did, I mean, I kind of I had kind of already uh, made that job into something that was. Uh, you, uh, you talked a lot about um, you know either not just quitting your job, but making your job into something that uh, is is a better fit for you. And out of the six years that I was working for this company, uh, I turned it in. You know, turned it from a, a corporate studio job into something where I was working remotely from Brazil for three years uh, mm. and really doing more of what I wanted to do in in uh, building mobile applications. Um, and I did actually uh, explore a little bit of the you know alternate revenue streams as well. So while I was in Brazil, I was able to write a book, and and, and I've I really um, I really started to do a, a few of the things that, that you talk about in the podcast. Um, before I heard the podcast, and so listening to the podcast really, um, first of all, you know, it's given me more ideas, but it also helped me validate a lot of the the choices and the direction that I was already taking. Um, which, uh, you know, when you're in a situation when you have, when you're responsible for four additional people uh, in addition to yourself, right. um, it, it's a little bit harder to uh, just say, oh, you know, I, I think this is the right thing to do, and just make the switch, right? Yeah, totally. 
Well, this is great. This is great news for you. So, uh, I mean, I hope you like the new place. You haven't started it yet, have you? I'm, I have not. I'm starting the day after Labor Day. So, uh, wow. it's, well, I, I can tell you already, there's no, no ties. There's a dog in the office. Um, it's basically, you know, t-shirts and, uh, it, it's a complete, uh, complete startup environment. So I, I can tell you right now that I'm going to like it. <laughs> well, very good. Well, listen, I, I, I hope you do. I think you will. And, uh, why don't you follow back up after you've been there a little bit, call us back and let, tell us more about your, uh, success story once it's uh, more of a reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you to, uh, to you, Dan, and, uh, uh, and to, uh, you know, Merlin and, and Jensen, I've been listening to a lot of the, uh, the back to work and the, the web ahead podcast as well. And, uh, they've helped me tremendously. So oh, I that's to great. Say thanks. I'd love to hear that. Thank you so much. I'll pass it on to him for you. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot. You too. And I said I was going to do three more calls, but. I know it's already people keep holding. I love to hear things working out for people. Yeah, me too. You help, you help people. I like to help people. Nine oh nine. This is Grace. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm from Ranch. I actually I met you guys at the I know the we, LA we, meetup. Yeah, we remember yeah. you instantly. And she Yay. said she was in. A, she said she was in a meeting. I said you got a call, and she says you're starting early. I'm still in a meeting. Well, yeah, and I, I had to sit through it, and then I did a presentation, and as soon as the presentation was over, I was like, peace. Nice. And so just you back out, back out of the room. I'm done here. Hands I'm up. I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. I'll I'm see backing you next out. Week. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> you got to leave on a high note. If people applaud after you do a presentation or smile, you just walk out the door and shut the door and say, thanks, everybody, and leave. Like, you know, that's it. I just Because then they can't ask you any questions to throw you off or make you, I don't know. Yeah. I just. Yeah, I just drop the mic and then leave. You know what, Grace? I think we're gonna have. I think we're gonna be back out to. Uh, seems like we're gonna be back out to L.A. again in October. Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness! Yes, please come back out. That was fun. But you drove for people who don't know. We went out to L.A. We had to do. Uh, so there was a uh, one of our sponsors had a big meetup out there, and we thought, well, we'll do a meetup too. And we went out there and had met tons and tons of fans. It was really great. And Grace was among them. And uh, Grace told me that she drove two and a half hours to get to the the meetup. Is that true? No, it was. Uh, let's see, it was like about like an hour, hour and a half. Still, that's a long time. It's commitment. So anyway, <laughs> what, what are you what are you calling about? You haven't called. Have you called the show before? No. No, I've never called before. Um, but no, I actually I tweeted out to you uh, yesterday. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, talking about how we've we've been interviewing people for uh, two months for a position that we're trying to fill in our office. And it's been so, it's been difficult because we've come across maybe three really strong candidates and each time we take them to maybe the final round, they, you know, they take another job or something because they're you know just out job searching, which is fine. But uh, the other times we've been just interviewing and interviewing and interviewing people who I don't think know how to interview. And yeah. it's funny because each time I come out, I'm like, man, these guys, these, these people need to talk to Dan or something. <laughs> right. They, I should do, I should do a how to interview show. And you should say, before you come yeah. in for the interview, listen to this show. Right. And it's some simple things such as knowing the job that you're interviewing for, because I don't know. I just, I don't get the sense that a lot of people know even what they're interviewing for. Sometimes there's just no eye contact. There's fidgeting. It's it's a little difficult. So I mean, uh, 
yeah, so that's that's what we've been doing. Yeah, it's it's funny. And you were were weren't you saying something like how stressful it is to see them just bombing bombing the interview? Uh, yes, and, and that's the thing is that yeah, I'm sitting in there really rooting for them because I want them to I want them to have the job. Uh, I I want to have a, a position filled in our office, and it hurts so much once once I just know this isn't going well. They they are obviously you know either too nervous or they. They're answering in ways that you shouldn't. Uh, sometimes we like we what? Give me, people. give me an example. Do you have any examples? Oh my goodness, yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, there was an example of this uh, woman, for instance, who was just going on and on and on, not not even answering the question. And we'd ask her a question, something simple like, "Why? Why do you want to work here?" And Five, throughout five minutes, she's talked about, you know, the public school system, which we're, we're, we're a university, so it's, it's not relevant. But she was like a homeschool teacher, and then she's talking about uh, her menstrual cycle. Like, it's just a lot of... A lot of wow. It was really, really odd. And we asked, and even simple questions such as uh, weakness. I mean, you know that's going to come up in an interview. Oh, right. The They're standard, the standard question is, what is, what is your greatest strength and your biggest weakness? Right. So strength, I mean, of course, everyone's giving their, their best. Uh, but then weakness, I've had some people, this is like a, a service, uh, like a customer service division. And some people have said, my weakness is science. And it's like, well, okay, well, this doesn't have to do with anything with science, but okay. Uh, and then that woman, uh, the, the first woman, she, she said, I don't know, uh, you can have my references. And we said, okay. And then uh, later on throughout the interview, she's like, oh, you know what? I'm super emotional. I cry really easily. We don't yell in my family. Like, you know, and then she went on another tangent. Uh, and then wow. later we were asking her another question, and she went back to it. She's like, oh, I just thought of another weakness that I have. Oh, if I'm in any pain, yeah, she was just like, if I'm in any pain or discomfort, like, I will not be productive. And I mean, some those are some of the examples, I guess. But. Wow. <laughs> it's like, do you not know that you're trying to get hired? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you want to. Are you trying not to get hired? I, I mean, honesty is very right. important. It's very, it's right. very important to be honest and to tell people what's but going on. But there's some things right. that you just don't need to share. Yeah. Right, right. So those, those are some, and then uh, the the reason why, especially, I tweeted yesterday because again, it's been two months. And there was this girl, she sounded great on the phone when I, when I did the phone interview, and then I took her to my supervisor. And she, I think the thing that stood out the most is that she was just not confident. She, she wasn't selling herself, which in, you know, in your, in your interview, you want to sell yourself. You want to be the absolute best uh, product for, for uh, the people who are interviewing you. And I think that, that was like the biggest thing that, I, uh, that I've seen throughout uh, doing all the interviews is that they were just, they're not confident in themselves. Yeah. So, but how, how do you, I mean, in, in a way though, you don't, mm -hmm. and, and I've talked about this on a past show. It's not like you're saying we expect them to be able to get up in front of a, a room of 500 people and mm -hmm. give a talk, but mm -hmm. it's having confidence in yourself, right? Having confidence that you, you know right. what you're good at, but how, I mean, how you obviously want to look for that when you're hiring somebody, but if you're on the interview process, how do you let people know that you are confident if, if maybe you're just freaking nervous on the interview? Because it sounds like this person was probably kind of freaking out. Probably. 
Probably, probably. I think uh, at least some candidates that I've seen, uh, the ones that we really liked, we thought, oh, this one, this one's it. We're we're done. Uh, they they look at us in the eyes. They they answer pretty quickly, uh, and they they make it seem like not like you're at coffee with your friends, but just that they're relaxed. Like I can do the job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the big thing is that we we just want someone who can do the job. Well, and it it's almost like you want to make them feel like you've already been working for them, like that you fit right. that. That it's not weird or different or awkward to have you in the room, kind of like, oh, well, we're having right, staff right. meeting or something like that. And yeah. and also, I think, Dan, you were talking about confidence. Mm-hmm. It's not even really confidence in what you can do. I mean, yes, it is that confidence in what you can do, but it's also confidence that that if you're put in a strange, awkward or different situation, that you can handle it. Right. right. That right. if there's not some, you know, when you when you ask what are your weaknesses, it's not like I'm not very good at typing really fast. Like, yes, okay, that that's fine. It's it's more <laughs> like it's more like what what are your weaknesses in the sense of what would you not be able to handle? Mm-hmm. You know, right? I don't know. And right, and it's a, it's a customer service position, so people will yell at us once in a while. Right. So. Uh, so we want to make sure that they can at least handle a stressful situation. But, um, yeah, but I think you're right, too. It's, no, we want to be able to see that they can be there. And I, re- I remember, you know, and the people that I think back over my career of, of hiring people – you don't want to seem like, like I remember people would come in and they'd be like super confident, you know, almost like mm-hmm. over the right, top. Like you better Coffee. give me this yeah. job. Right. But it's like, yeah, you, you guys need me around here. Well, like you don't want that right. either. Right. No, anyway. no, no, no. But, but I think what Hattie was pointing out is that ha- coming in and having the ability to, you know, identify straight away the fact that, yeah, I can do, you know, I can do the job that I I'm going to be expected to do these are things. I don't know this, that, and this, but here are the things that I do know. And I know So anyway, how do you, how do you identify that when you're looking at a candidate that they can't do it? You know, it's not, obviously this one example that you gave is kind of extreme, but you know, are there other, other things that are like giveaways that, you know, that, that are going to kind of potentially ruin the interview for somebody if they're in there and, and they make that mistake? For you to jump think, out? Yeah, I mean, usually I think it's the, we always, we just call it like the red flag. Uh, there's, there's always a red flag when, when, again, I think it has to go with the understanding what position they're, they're applying for. And once they, once they say something that contradicts the responsibilities or the duties, that's when we say, wait a minute, do you know what you're applying for? Because this is, this is going to require being able to, talk to people who are going to be upset at you or talk through a process. Uh, and so that red flag is sometimes like, uh, I've, you know, I don't do well talking to people or, <laughs> I mean, simple things like that, or I, I get really emotional. I, I can't handle a lot of, uh, you know, people talking to me or multitasking. Right. It's sometimes it's just simple things like that. I guess it's just that red flag. And sometimes it's just not a good fit. It's, it's not always that there's this one thing they say and that's that it's, Sometimes, you know, unfortunately, it's just not a good, a good fit. So how do you let these people know then once 
you've determined like even if, if you're like five minutes into an interview and they already say something that you're like right do you, wow do you there's tell them no if, way you're gonna you be able to do this what do you say at the end of the interview like okay you, the interview has gone badly for them they may or may not know it they may right. be sitting there thinking that they got the job do you do, you, right, do right. you let them know at the end that it's not a fit or do you just sort of say well you know thank <laughs> you and and we'll be talking to the next candidate sometime over the next you know we'll let you know or how do you how do you play it off mm-hmm. and then how do you actually follow up with them and, and what do you tell them Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even if I know within the first couple of minutes that it's just not going to work out, I still give them the chance to redeem themselves. Because again, I I really want, really want these people to get a job. I I want I want to be the one who can give them that job. And so, uh, I give them pretty much I give them all the same questions that I give everybody, so that they can have a chance to redeem themselves. And if they just don't quite redeem themselves, and it's just not going to work out. Uh, for the first one, for the phone interview, I just say, well, you know, we're doing phone interviews and I'll, you'll hear from me by the end of the week if you're going to be taken on to the next stage. Right. And the next stage is meeting in person with my supervisor. And so uh, my supervisor and I, when we meet with them, we, again, go through all the questions. We, we explain even the whole uh, interview process because there's many levels they get to go through. So I don't know if maybe, you know, whether or not we think they're going to make it or not, uh, we still explain everything and treat every candidate the same. So I don't know. I mean, is that misleading? Is that unfair? No, I think that's good. I mean, I think you, you, I I, know, I think that's excellent. I think you want to give them that chance. I was just curious because, you know, like I've, I've seen people where I've never been in a situation where somebody has been like, yeah, this isn't going to happen right there. But, you Mm -hmm. know, is it, how long do you want to wait if you just know that that person's not right? Like, do you want to say, okay, what if we're they gonna... tell someone else, like another job they've applied for? No, because right. they're still waiting to hear yeah. from you. Right. And you know, and we, we usually follow up with an email. My, my supervisor actually, once she meets with them, she takes it on from there and does all the communication and she emails them and says, sorry, this just wasn't a good fit. You know, we'll, we'll keep your file on hand or something, something to that extent. Uh, and sometimes she actually said, sometimes they, they email her back and say, well, what, you know, what can I do or what, what can I do better next time? Uh, so we don't leave them hanging. Exactly, right. I think but, that's so important, uh, Grace. That is so important. Yeah. Right. Critical. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you so, called in and I'll let, I'll tell you what, we'll talk about on the shows. When, when we head out to LA next, we're going to have to get you out there. Maybe yeah. you can help us pick the place we do our next uh, big meetup. So it's not an hour and a half drive for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Great to talk to you again. Yeah, good talking to you. It was great. It was so good to talk to you guys. Thank you so much. You guys keep me sane uh, with the frequency and uh, with Quit. So thank you so much. Well, thanks for saying that. Thanks yeah, for listening. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. It's great. It's always cool to kind of, you know, I don't think we've had callers before that are kind of on the other side of... Uh, of the of the table, you know, you're not yeah, interviewing. Somebody it's somebody who's, who's interviewing the, you. Yeah. So we need to we need to ask people to to call in more. You know, that are on that side. That yeah, that are a, trying to hire some someone. What they're looking for. What you know, how to how to interview from someone who's hiring mm-hmm, side. Because mm-hmm. I think interviewing. I mean, we could do a whole series of shows. Oh my gosh! Just on just on you should you should like release it as like a pack of like episode one two three four of. Uh, of like the interview show. So that'd be yeah. really cool. Yeah. Okay. So one call left. We're only 80 minutes. So we're doing fine. <laughs> Last caller. Last call of the day. Is he even there? Hello. Hey. Hello. Yes. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Who's this? Where are you calling from? 
This is Ryan from Connecticut. Ryan from Connecticut. What's going on with you, Ryan? All my callers hey, have been so, so nice. I, they haven't had any real problems. They haven't had nothing going wrong. It's all Do you su- have any real success problems, stories Ryan? and happiness. Oh yeah, I'm about to I'm about to break that mold. Oh no. <laughs> all right, Ryan, let's hear it. <laughs> all right, so um I my my two issues is like I'm I'm trying to uh transition into starting my own video production business. Um but right now I'm working making videos at another small company but they don't do primarily video production they do like web design and marketing and stuff when you say video production Um, i mean does that mean um you're you're out there filming or are you more behind the scenes doing final cut pro type work like editing yeah everything everything (laughs) i'm I'm right i'm a one-man crew right now got it um so you know primarily working with like smaller businesses um at my current job i want to continue to do that but more choosy or I don't know, not choosy, but like just, you know, more picky about who I want to, who I want to work with. I mean, obviously money, you know, you need to work with people who have money, but um, I don't want that to be the number one deciding factor. But the uh, bigger issue I think is that I, you know, I got hired and they have you sign like the non-compete thing. And so I'm trying to work around, you know, transitioning, working both, one on the side and one when I'm, while I'm still employed. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the issue right there. And then I have, I don't have much in savings or anything, but um, I know like you, you talk about people who are in better situations. Like I feel like I'm on the slightly better side cause I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'm 25. I have a fiance. We're moving into like a condo. We're just renting, but I also don't have anything by way of savings or anything. Um, so that's mostly the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound bad. Is, is the non-compete thing, the main thing that you're worried about? Is that, is that what you're mostly concerned with? It's that It's that, I mean, like, I, I don't think I can, I can definitely, I have to keep it on the down low what I'm doing. And, um, what does a non-compete say? Know, because, I, because it's not legal in mo I mean, I, I, you're going to have to talk to a lawyer or something, but um, they can't. I have talked they, to you. my 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 future uncle in laws a lawyer. They so can't prevent you from making them. a living doing what you do. There's no non compete that can do that. What they can do is they can say you can't solicit our customers. You can't solicit our exactly. customers. You can't recruit from within our ranks. These are the kinds of things that are absolutely usually upholdable. But what you, what they can't do is say. You can't quit and go and do the same job that you were doing here. They they can't stop you from doing that. They can stop you from because then no one in the world would ever be an entrepreneur if that right. was possible. <laughs> like if if you're a writer and right. you're writing for one newspaper, they can't say, "Well, you can't write anymore." That's what you do. They can say you you can't, and they also can't say you can't go work for our competition. Now there are certain limitations around this, but we're not talking about intellectual property. We're not talking about um, any, any of those things, you know, you can, you can, and, and this is the thing they'll have you sign stuff that says you can't work in this industry without going through us or without there being a certain time. That's, it's usually just, they can't uphold that. That's usually just BS. Just to Check you. with a lawyer right. first if you're worried about it, but I don't think they're going to care. You're probably not even on their radar. Right. And I don't, you know, I know for a fact that 99% of the types of customers she, my uh, 
company likes to get are not people that I would go for. So there's no issue about crossing over and clientele. And, um, you know, I think the other issue is just trying to overcome, figure out the issue of taking on a little bit more debt on top of what I already have to start the business, you know, and we're trying to work both at the same time and, you know, get like what I, what I don't, what I don't want you to do, what I don't want you to do. And by the way, Anthony, uh, have a fun size in here. He's listening. And he, he messaged me to say that non-competes aren't even legal in some states like California, for example. He says even if it's in a contract, yeah. some states don't even recognize non-competes. So I don't know if Connecticut is one of them or not. But it's something to think about. But yeah. the, the, other, the other issue is, here's what I don't like, if, if this is what you're saying. I don't like the idea that you're saying that you will, will work while you're starting a business and taking on more debt. That's not a combo I, w- I want to hear. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I'd be working, trying to start my business, and taking on a little more debt to start that business. Mm. I'm not sure that I, I that that sounds that that sounds like something that I I want you to do. If you're asking me, um, yeah. that's a bad combo because you're working more, you're trying to start something, and you're why do you need to take on the debt? What kind of debt? First of all, what kind of debt are you talking about? A thousand bucks, ten thousand bucks, a hundred thousand? What are you talking about? Debt? Uh, it'd be no more than five thousand. That's not huge. But what if it doesn't work out? Why do you need to take on debt? What are you doing that's going to take on debt? Uh, I just need to. I just need to buy equipment. What equipment are and, you going to buy? And, um, computer and then some uh, lower budget video production equipment. Why would you buy the low budget stuff? Well, because I know I can start off and um and then sell it and replace I, it later i know what i can, i know i can yeah well i know i know i can pull off like really high quality uh stuff with you know i like this particular sony camera like 700 bucks or 800 and you know but it, for web video i mean it's phenomenal and I, i've been using that and there's no need to start off with anything bigger mm-hmm. um but it's it's i i definitely wouldn't invest in stuff that i just like have to throw away in like six months but you can still pull off quite a bit if you're crafty. I don't want to look cheap to clients either, so I got to be careful there, but yeah, I mean there's there's this sort of philosophy out there that I hear sometimes which is that you can let your clients almost kind of pay for the stuff that you need to do. I, I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, I think you're going about it the right way by saying this is the stuff that I need, but it in a way it's almost like get the get the client Get them to, I don't know how it works in your industry, but a lot of the time in, in design and development at least, which is the industry that I know the best, besides this one, yep. is you know, you might get a 30% or 50% deposit before you actually start uh, doing any work. So like I have right. definitely known designers who have – they've been maybe leaving a job and they have an old computer and they need the latest, greatest, you know, maybe they need a MacBook uh, pro retina because they want to be up to date. And that what they have is like a four year old, you know, MacBook straight MacBook or something, and they need to upgrade it. And then saying, Oh good. I just got a client. It's a $10,000 project. I got a check for 3,500 bucks. Well, 
guess what? That's, that's going to pay part of my rent and buying me a new MacBook Pro so I can do the work that I need to actually do. That's reasonable to me. And maybe there's a way that you can do that when you start getting your first client. You know, if you know exactly the stuff that you're going to need, you know, they can come in and you say, oh, how much you get paid? Well, you're going to get paid 3000 bucks. Well, that's a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks less outside of your rent and costs that you're going to be, you know, that you're going to have to take out in debt. I just don't like the idea. Now, if, if you can, do you have, who, where are you getting the money from? Bank? Uh, it would probably be like, you know, I have a, a cart filled up on Amazon and they have like 12 months, no interest financing. And, you know, and Apple does the same thing with an iMac, right? you know, 18 months, no interest. And, you know, so I have 18 months to come up with like 3000 or 3500 It doesn't seem that ridiculous. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. What you just said. Yeah. I mean, I, the idea is to reduce how much money you need to borrow as to reduce that amount as much as possible. If you, I don't know what you might get paid from a gig, but if you know you're going to get paid a few thousand bucks, wait to order it until you get some of that money in the bank or wait to order it until you have a contract signed that says you're going to be getting that money. Then go ahead and put in the order and pay it off as, and use 100% of the money that you book to pay that off as fast as possible. And don't say, well, yeah, I, I got paid 2500 bucks, so yeah, I'll keep doing these monthly pay. No, pay it off, you know, pay yeah. off as much of it as you can, but don't buy it before you have the work. Amazon does overnight, you know, Amazon Prime uh, or, or whatever, yep. overnight ship, get, get it the next day, you know, and, and get, that, get that document signed. Don't order it and have it sitting on your shelf uh, unless it's stuff that you don't know how to use and you need some lead time for it. You know, don't, don't spend a dime until you know you've got the money coming in. Yeah. All right, listen, I want to hear what That's happens perfect. to you. You got to tell me what happens to you, but I got to let you go. We got to wind this show down, but I appreciate the call and good luck to you. I'm not worried about you. I think you're going to be fine. All right, thank you so much. All right, man, I'll call, call us call us back. Let me, let me know what you do. All right, thank you so Take much. Take care of yourself. Bye. See ya. Nice guy. Yep. I'm not too worried about him. 5by5.tv slash quit slash 36 is where you go to get the links that I mentioned earlier about Steve Ballmer. You can go to 5by5.tv slash quit and you'll see the link to the newsletter. The newsletter is three bucks a month and it helps support all the stuff that we do on the show and try to do a few newsletters a month and I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm getting there. I need a copywriter to help me out with it. But you can go there and you can definitely visit our sponsors, squarespace.com where you can use the code, what is the one? Stooge, Stooge eight. eight. You're gonna get uh, you're gonna get ten percent off. It's gonna make it eight bucks a month. And then uh, you can also go to billbooks.com/slash Dan sent me special URL. Go check those guys out. Make them happy. They're sponsoring the show. Appreciate it. I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter. I'm Dan on Alpha. Uh, Hattie, you're Hattie Bird. Hattie Bird on, on Twitter. H a d d i e Bird. If you want to follow her. And uh, Quit has its own Twitter account, Quit Show. And that's it. So thanks for tuning in live, which you can do whenever we do this show, usually 2 p.m. Eastern time on Fridays at 5by5.tv slash live. Really appreciate that. I love the calls. Love to get your voicemail. So do all those things. And, uh, and I hope you have a good week. Do all the things. Do all your things. And we'll be actually doing a, uh, I guess we should promote this, huh? I guess so. Next week, we're going to Atlanta, Fatlanta, Hotlanta, to visit our friends over at MailChimp and also 
They have a little thing called Dragon Con going on there. Oh, you may yes, stop they by do. Dragon Con. And we are uh, on a panel at Dragon Con. We were invited to be on it by our friend from Twit, Tom Merritt. So we're going to be on a panel there. And we are also going I to be. I think with Tom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Tom. It's his panel. Awesome. And uh, we're at MailChimp. We're going to be doing, I think it's going to be a live show. From MailChimp's offices, we're going, if, even if it's not a live show, I don't care. But we're going to be doing Quit from there, and I'm going to be talking to some of my good friends over at MailChimp. They have one of the coolest, most creative uh, groups of folks around, and they, they all they do is play games and to make coffee and all this stuff. Learn, and and learn yet, to make coffee. Learn to make coffee. And yet, they their output is incredibly high, and they, they foster creativity in the workplace, and everybody there seems so happy. How the heck did they do it? Well, I'm going to get to the bottom of it uh, next week from MailChimp. So uh, tune in then. I'll, I'll post details about it on my Twitter account. So follow me, Dan Benjamin, and I will update you as to what's going on and how you can be a part of it. And yes, we are going to have a 5x5 meetup in Atlanta again. So if you're in the Atlanta or the Atlanta area and this is interesting to you, follow me on Twitter for the details. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for uh, for calling in all those who did. Patty, have a great week. You too. Bye. Bye.